Good morning and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via a text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. Good morning, everybody. Penny for your thoughts. Welcome to Halloween, huh? October 31, last day of the month. Into November tomorrow. Hope you have a uh, safe Halloween with all the uh, trick-or-treaters out there, whether you have uh, kids or grandkids or those kids come to you. Have a safe night. Should be uh, okay, I think, weather-wise, as Michael just ran through all the weather. Good to be with you today here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Uh, Had a busy, well, we've had two busy days already. Uh, Lauren Tate on Monday. We had Justice Steigman Yesterday, today, in the second hour, Dan Walsh, who is the retiring uh, sheriff of Champaign County, just want to talk about his career, and he said, hey, I'd like to thank the the folks who have uh, supported us and uh, been with us down through the years. So uh, Sheriff Dan Walsh joins us here in hour number two as he uh, steps to the stage left and exits the stage. We'll talk to him about his career, maybe some of the big cases he's been involved with, what's it like day-to-day being the Champaign County Sheriff. Of course, a lot of violence in our community uh, yesterday again. Two people shot, uh, two incidents in Champaign in one day. So that has uh, been a big concern. We'll probably talk to him about that as well. Dan Walsh in hour number two. Open line time here the first hour. Got into a lot of discussion yesterday about the 14th Amendment to the uh, Constitution. And so we'll uh, discuss that a little bit. The president uh, with a a big series of campaigns. I think CBS had, what, 11 rallies in eight states today. As they make the rounds, the midterms are less than a week out. So those are some of the uh, local and national stories. Of course, Champaign County Nursing Home, the uh, regulatory board approved that sale yesterday. So another step forward as far as that goes in that regard. So we'll talk about that. News from the University of Illinois. We'll mix in some Halloween stuff here on this Halloween day in this first hour with Dan Walsh in hour number two. So that's what's ahead. Tomorrow, Julia Reitz joins me. We'll have uh, the Champaign County State's Attorney on. So we go from a judge to the sheriff to the state's attorney. Three days in a row. Next week, we'll have election coverage. Of course, we'll take the air. The News Gazette media team Tuesday night at 6 for coverage of the midterm election. We'll stay on the air until all the races are called. Tune in to hear results, analysis, interviews, and more. Tom Kasich will be involved. Uh, Dan Walsh will be involved in that, too. U of I political scientist Chris Mooney. That's all uh, Tuesday night at 6 here on DWS, streaming at WDWS.com. That night we'll have uh, Jim Dye on with me in the morning, on the morning after the election, along with Brian Gaines from over at the University of Illinois. So we'll cover this from all the different angles required as we head for the midterms next Tuesday. Now, that may be all interesting topics that we put on the table. Maybe they don't interest you at all. Maybe you have a topic that you want to bring up. You can certainly do that here in this first hour on the open line segment, 3569397. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 3515357, or you can email us, talk at wdws.com. We'll take our opening break and get it started. It'll be busy next two hours. Stay with us. 
Monster Mash. Getting ready for a Halloween, the trick-or-treaters tonight. Glad you're with us. 356-9397. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515-357. You can email us, talk at wdws.com. They took a poll, 2,000 American adults. I get like this, 1,000 parents and 1,000 non-parents. Uh, 44% of parents admit they'll eat more candy than their child will this Halloween. 73% of those polled say they purchase more candy than they'll need for trick-or-treaters so they can have extra to themselves, of course. 86% of parents say they shamelessly steal their children's Halloween candy. Well, you can't do that. And let's see here. 29% say they hide their child's Halloween candy. I guess they don't eat it all at once, right? And uh, what do people do with their leftover Halloween candy? This is probably more appropriate for tomorrow. (laughs) 50% of those polled say they eat the leftovers. 39% say they leave it out for guests to grab or decorate with it. 35% say they bring it to their office to share. How about this? 17% say they donate their leftover candy. And 50% say they throw away at least a portion of their holiday haul. So there you go. There's some of the things, the little Halloween factoids, if you will. When else are you going to use them but on Halloween, right? 3569397 is how you can join us. A lot of uh, big sports news today out of Maryland. Of course, we just played the Maryland Terrapins. DJ Durkin is going to be back, it appears, this week as the coach of the Terrapins, and not everybody happy out there in College Park. Let's go to the phones, get it started with Mike. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Brian. Um, Just heard that ad Aaron Ammons put on about Matt Grandoni putting out an ad calling him a toilet scrubber and all this, but that that wasn't a Matt Grandoni ad. If you listen to that ad, I don't think it's on anymore. It was paid for by somebody. Um, Sounds like somebody who probably didn't like Aaron Ammons a whole lot. But it's totally disingenuous of, of Ammons to even say that in his ad. But I guess, you know, you can say what you want. Uh, but really, what it comes down to, and there was a caller yesterday that was asking questions, and it sounded like he was talking about Ammons, trying to find out about Ammons' felony record. You know, Ammons was pardoned by Quinn, um, like a, a midnight pardon as he was leaving his governorship. And you got to wonder, how many people did Ammons get to butt ahead of in line to get pardoned um you know people that really probably deserve a pardon they they maybe were falsely accused of a crime and and he was he was convicted of being a a heroin dealer in chicago you got to think how many families did he destroy in chicago selling drugs and and ruining people's lives and if you want to if you want to see some of aaron ammon's history and his record you can go to right here champaign county the the circuit clerk's website Type in Aaron Ammons' name, and you'll find a list of charges against him. One of them, aggravated battery, and another one, coincidentally, with uh, the the recent hubbub in the clerk's office about him intimidating somebody. 
he actually has a charge of intimidation. So you can you can find Aaron Ammon's record here on uh, the circuit clerk's website in Champaign County. Just type in his name, go to that website. You'll find a list of charges against him. He's not a good guy, and it's 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 sad that somebody can get pardoned by the uh, governor that's leaving office and and butt in front of everybody to get pardoned, and now he gets to run for office and, and have a really high position. And and well, he's not going to. He's not going to win, but. Anyways, yeah, I just well, that ad frustrates me, and yeah. I'm sorry. I just had to call in. That's okay. I heard the uh, I, the ad you're talking about. I've heard about the phone call. The one employee at the county clerk's office yeah. is part is part of the ad. I missed the one about the the toilet scrubbing. That must have been earlier. Yeah, that was just on. He just has put that out the last couple of days, but that yeah. wasn't even a Grandoni ad. That was from somebody else who paid for it out of their own. It sounds like somebody yeah. who didn't like him, but he has a history of intimidating people. So that that woman, Sasha, her her. It doesn't seem too far-fetched that she felt that way because he's been charged with that before. So, All right. Hey, thank you, Mike. I appreciate you uh, calling in today. Thanks, Brian. Great to hear from you. Three five six nine three nine seven. Yeah, I heard the ad that just ran uh, that Aaron Ammons had on in reference to the other ad that was put on, I guess, about the uh, his current job or some of the jobs he's had recently. Um, I had not heard the original ad in regards to that. I've heard a lot of ads, but I could have missed one, I guess, <laughs> somewhere in there. But, yeah, I did hear that one here just a few minutes ago. Three five six nine three nine seven is uh, how you can join us. You can text us. That's always open, Three five one five three five seven. Sometimes our lines get full, and you may be trying to dial and you can't get in. It's because they're busy. You can always text, too, and get in that way. That's kind of the side door, if you will, or another front door. Just reading some of the background of the uh, 14th Amendment when it was uh, ratified by the states back in 1868 is when it finally was ratified. Pretty interesting history on that. And I read through some of the history, but I kind of dove down a little bit. I won't get into the weeds on it, but it is pretty interesting, the background and some of the uh, resistance to that amendment back at the time, especially from the former Confederate states, the southern states, uh, when it was passed and amended. In fact, one of the things is on the amendment, uh, what the Republicans did in Congress at the time, uh, they were called the Radical Republicans. They were trying to uh, allow, get the uh, votes, uh, allow the former slaves to be able to vote. And part of the uh, fight with the amendment was that for the southern states to be readmitted to the Union, they had to ratify themselves as a state the 14th Amendment. So there's a whole winding path there. It didn't just happen overnight. There was uh, two or three years involved in getting that amended. Let's go back to the phones to Marsha. Hi, Marsha. Hi. Uh, I just have a quick question. Uh, if there's anybody out there that can tell me, is there a country anywhere where you can just walk in and stay? Well, I don't. Uh, I don't know of any, but... There's a lot of countries, so I don't know all the yeah, rules, but, yeah. but a lot of well, the, a lot of the major all, ones. We, we have a lot of people at the university from different countries, and I, I, I can't think of one myself. But uh, I don't, I don't understand why people think that other people should be able to just walk through our borders and stay and well, collect our benefits. Yeah, that's. Uh, that's the that's the heart of the issue. I mean, you know, and that's yeah. uh, you know yeah. that's what has a lot of people. I mean, it's 
it's basically two sides. I mean, uh, you know, that right now that is festering the argument is, do you want to have a country with a border that you have certain laws that you have to follow to get in, or are you a humanitarian? You just let everybody in because yeah, they're you know, where, where, where do you, what do you do? I don't know, but I um, I always thought that you had to have papers in order to mm-hmm. get in, and then you had if you were going to stay, you had to become a citizen. I I don't know, but I'd like to hear if anybody knows of a country where you can go and just stay and not not take up citizenship. I was reading something where uh, Ronald Reagan once said he said uh, you can go to France to live and not become a Frenchman. You can go to live in Germany or Turkey, and you won't become a German or a Turk. It was a letter he received huh. once, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah, um, well, I know my granddaughter went, was wanting to go over to stay with her sister in Italy for about six months, maybe mm-hmm. a year, and she had to have a visa in order to to go over, and she could only stay three months unless she was... Uh, going to school over there mm-hmm. or um if she was working so i i don't know but yeah. at the end of three months she had to leave well and uh yeah there's a lot of strict laws i know mexico has some pretty you know of, of their own when it comes yeah, to so the immigrants I, I from central america so i don't understand the people in this country that don't see that or do they not know it well, Do they honestly not know what the laws are? That that may be part of it, you know, just not understanding the the history of immigration in our country and how it's... Well, the schools you know. need to do something about it. They need to really start teaching our students. I mean, I don't think they do teach anything about that anymore. Well, so, I, well I'm going to get off of here okay. and see yeah. if anybody will call in. Yeah. Thank you, Marcia. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bye. Great to hear from you. 923 here at DWS. We're on Penny for Your Thoughts. Uh, there was an article in the Washington Examiner today about all of this. It says, is it just and in keeping with the spirit of America that if a couple migrates here legally to become Americans and live here, their children born here should be considered Americans too? Children of lawful permanent residents should be treated from day one the same day as the children of citizens. That's the easy part, and after setting that aside as obvious, the case for birthright citizenship as a policy matter rather than as a constitutional one gets much weaker. The article goes on to say, why should someone be a citizen just because they happen to be born here to parents who were visiting the U.S.? Such a law encourages birth, tourism, and illegal immigration. A mother with a tourist or student visa can come here, and I think that Marcia was referring to that, and have a baby acquiring American citizenship for her child and then via her child for herself, if that mother is on a legal path to citizenship, that's fitting. But if the U.S. birth is an accident of timing or a gaming of the system through birth tourism, there's no excuse for it. And this article says, certainly illegal immigrants shouldn't win citizenship for their children because they managed to sneak in and give birth here. So anyway, that's uh, you can read some of that. It's in the Washington Examiner. There's all kinds of... Uh, Different headlines related to that. Uh, Birthright citizenship needs fixing. Trump's shameful attack on birthright citizenship. Trump's plan to end birthright citizenship is a sham. Birthright citizenship and its allies. 
And I don't know, there's all kinds, and, and the judge, Justice Steigman, touched on some of this yesterday, well, you know, what the president can and cannot do. And we're talking about an amendment to the Constitution. I, uh, Paul Ryan said, hey, you can't just do an executive order and change an amendment. I mean, there's a lot more to it than that. But um, certainly that has become a big topic. All right, let's go back to the phones to Zoe. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning, Brian. I have a couple things about this issue, this mm-hmm. Uh, uh, caravan and the immigration. One for one thing, and I think you said this, but I kind of missed part of the program. That, um, but I'm not sure. The um, that amendment to the Constitution's been misused and misconstrued, and I, I don't think Trump's trying going to think he can just get rid of the amendment. But it was for the slaves, you know, to give them. And I think you said something about that. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't meant for the way it's being used. And so. In that sense, maybe he can do something, but I don't know, you know, whether he can manage to do it. Um, and um, anyway, uh, the, well, that and, he, was, and he might be saying that to get the issue brought to the attention of what the amendment is. You know, he may right. not, you know, he may just be saying that. But that's true. Um, the other thing is that uh, I know that that some people, and I don't want to protect people from. Uh, China are coming over here and having, you know, deliberately planning to give birth to their babies over here so that they can plant a, you know, <laughs> plant a claim or whatever they think. Mm-hmm. And so that's been going on a lot. So um, well, anyway, that's... I just wanted to kind of point out those, those yeah. things. Well, over the years, what the original intent was and then what, um, you know, <laughs> as people read it, and of course there have been court cases over the years and for different clauses of this, too, that have been used in different court cases over the years to do this or that. So, Right, but what it was originally, you know, the r- original purpose of it, and I sure, I sure believe in keeping to the original purpose of, of our Constitution. And I'm beginning to feel like, <laughs> I think this won't be a popular idea, but that people almost ought to have to pass a Constitution test to even be able to vote. I'm getting really fed up with <laughs> the ignorance uh, <laughs> of people. Yeah. And um, I'm, I don't know, I... I, I don't expect that to happen, but I think that there needs to be some major re-education done in our country. Yeah, I think what happens sometimes is if you don't know the, if you haven't studied it or don't know it, what the Constitution says or what the the history of the background, you go on emotion. Right. And if you go on emotion, you say, well, you know, you feel sorry for the people that are coming because they're trying to escape or whatever they're trying to get away from. I'm sure in a lot of cases they are truly trying to get away from whatever is happening in their own country but i mean <laughs> you, yeah. what what do you do as an uh, an american you know to uh as an american government what do you do with that border and uh you know exactly. that's that's why this is forcing this issue to the front yeah um that's very true and i um i i think that this i think that a lot of this though with this caravan a lot of the people are being paid and i think a lot of it is theater and they're deliberately, you know, they've implanted uh, photographers and so forth in the in the caravan, and and it's meant to it's meant, as you t- said, to to cause people to react emotionally, and it's really um, it's really dangerous. And um, I think that people need to realize they're being emotionally, um, you know, they know how to emotionally sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, get your attention and get you get you worked up emotionally. Hey Zoe, Helping you personally. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh huh. Good Bye. call. Back in a moment here with more after this on Penny.
A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397, email talk at WDWS.com, or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. A weird song. Walking through the streets of Soho in the rain. <laughs> he was looking for the place called Lee Ho Fuchs. Gonna get a big dish of beef chow. Oh, Halloween music for you. Ah, was London. 942 here at DWS. Heard us talk about uh, Woods Basement Systems for years. Since 1986, the Woods family's helped over 55,000 homeowners. If you have basement or crawl space wall cracks, other issues with your basement, we had some water coming in ours. They came out, did a really good job for us, and uh, you can get a free estimate on all of this. They came out and gave us that as well before they started working. Uh, two things happen if you ignore the issues with your basement and other places. Cracks get worse if you ignore them, and they keep stealing value from your home until the cause is fixed. Woods has acquired numerous awards, Better Business Bureau Torch Awards among them. They're very proud of those and should be. That's a well-deserved, prestigious honor. They don't cost you anything. The free estimates can uh, help you get over the fear factor there. Call 888-935-4333 or go to woodsbasementsystems.com. Some texts that have come in. I uh, hope Lovey Smith changes his Tampa 2 defense to a 4-3 or 3-4. The Alana need to blitz the Gophers. The uh, Tampa 2 defense is far too conservative. I don't like conservative play. Uh, good morning, Brian. When my dad used to take me to the Illinois games in the 80s and 90s, they had orange pom-poms. Why did they take that away? I don't know. I've got a couple texts out to find out about that, so if I get an answer, I'll let you know. Have you seen, Brian, the... Uh, Watching, uh, have you been watching basketball? A love story. It's a documentary on ESPN. It's a great show. Yes, I've seen that. It is terrific. And also a text in says a shout out to Anthony Zillis of the News Gazette on the outstanding video from the remote broadcast, our radio broadcast up in Chicago at Soldier Field. Great to see all the behind the scenes stuff, your prep, and all the tech it takes to get the broadcast out. And the Oscar. This is from Don in Michigan, says the Oscar goes to Ed Bond for the rolling around on the field. Yeah, Ed got a little bit of trouble for doing that with the uh, Soldier Field security. All right, 356-9397 is how you can uh, join us. We've got Dave. Hi, Dave. Good morning. Uh, Good morning. Um, I got in a little late on your show this morning. Mm -hmm. Did you have a chance to address any of the text that came in to you yesterday that you didn't get to um i had a couple left over let me go look here um i think i got 98 percent of them may have missed a couple at the very end but go ahead i'll i'll find them here while you talk well i i'd sent a a couple of uh text for the for the judge okay and you didn't get to those and i'd also uh, a friend of mine also matter of fact i also called in and I was told I was second in line, and then when I tried to get on you, somebody else jumped in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I, the um, both both attempts to try to 
you know, get some feedback from the judge. Uh, texting and um, uh, phone call was, was, I don't know, hope it wasn't ignored. But is there a new policy that when you call in you have to say what you want to talk about? No, not really. Uh, we're just It helps me more than anything to know kind of what's ahead of me more than anything. But I don't. Yeah. But I don't. I don't use it to say I'm not going to talk to this person or not. It's more just so I kind of know I can tie things together quicker. That's a couple all. of callers called in about um, you know what's going on in uh, the classrooms, etc. Uh, and one of the last call, I think she mentioned about kids or or people not knowing the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something that you you take for granted that our kids come out of 12 years of schooling they know the Constitution? You would think so. I remember in eighth grade I had to pass a test on the Illinois Constitution. Um, I'm trying to remember what we had as far as the, the Constitution, um, but I don't remember. Um, you have Julie Reitz coming on this week? Yes, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, I'd I like for, if you could, maybe she's listening or somebody give her a heads up. I don't want to blindside her, but again, mm-hmm. I find it curious that I... Um, Champaign County, Sagamon County, they don't have any records whatsoever of prior employment by assistant state's attorneys. Hmm. Um, another thing that I find curious is that the uh, University of Illinois will reveal uh, the name of a person who um, teaches classes, how much they make, but refuses to tell you the class schedules. In other words, there are, like, say, judges that go into the universities and they teach classes and they're paid a stipend. And they, uh, the university will reveal those, uh, reveal that. But when it comes time, but what time were those classes taught? They, uh, they say that's uh, not eligible under FOIA, which I find a little, little curious. Hmm. So, um, so which website was that on a website or you called? Somebody. No, it was a FOIA. Oh, a FOIA. I see. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Let's see. Oh, and one more thing, and I'll get out of here. Oh, no problem. I, I would like for, and if it wouldn't be too much trouble, for some of the people who are concerned about our education to give me or give us some feedback about how are we going to ensure that our kids are being taught, not indoctrinated. And I, I don't think that can be questioned that these teachers, and no, no, it's not all teachers, and I know your wife's a teacher, and I would bet $1,000 she's an expert teacher. But it doesn't take but one or two in a school or, or, or whatever to, you know, a full wrench in this education process of her kids. Hmm. Well, my wife's not a teacher. Uh, I've got a couple of cousins who are. Okay, all right, but, I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> hey, and, she, and by she, the way, she, I'm, she, I'm a retired teacher, and I, thought, <laughs> I think I did a fair job. Yeah. You know, I did. Well, um, you, she she would be surprised to find out she's a teacher, but uh, yeah. Anyway, well, but I no, didn't mean it. no, no, no. I know you didn't. I understand. Um, I'm just um, I'm just teasing you. But um, so, what would they think about cl- uh, classrooms, uh, cameras in the classroom? The lady mm-hmm. called in Marcia or somebody. Wouldn't she like to be able to go to her laptop or whatever and say, "Hey, what's my grandkid going? What what's being taught? What's going on in the in the history class? Are they teaching history? Mm-hmm. Or are they rewriting history, revising it?" So what do you remember when you were teaching? Did you remember the Constitution being taught, or do you or do you remember? I didn't. Te- I didn't teach it, but I yeah. know that the my, uh, the history teachers uh, uh, they did they did cover that. Hmm. 
maybe maybe not. Maybe not in some schools. Maybe some schools it did. But but which begs the question: education be the glue that holds this country together. Why wouldn't teaching the Constitution be up front, primary? You would think so, especially yeah. in history class. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty important. Thanks for your time. Well, thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. I'm looking back to see if there's any. I mentioned the one about McCain yesterday. I'm just going through the ones here at the end of the show, the one about the cartoon and the handkerchiefs. Uh, something here, I guess there's one here. It says Stan supports less guns but wants to keep his, probably wants higher taxes but not his. Over a million crimes are prevented every year by armed citizens, most without shots fired. This is never reported. Statistics show owning and driving a car makes you more likely to be killed in a wreck as opposed to those who are. Uh, Brian, the reason, uh, talking about the 14th Amendment, it says, and who are subject to the laws thereof. So if our laws apply to illegals, isn't that the key to whether birthright citizenship is valid? Uh, email in says, the lady who talked about schools, I doubt much more can be added to the workload. Now schools have to police the student body, meet unfunded mandates, and provide breakfast, lunch, and now supper sometimes for youngsters. That came in at talk at WDWS.com. And a Email also in says, a relative of mine had a home health care aide who was from Cameroon. She shared that it took her 10 years to get to the, to the United States. At any time during that period, her papers could have been pulled for any reason in her country. She had a dim view of those trying to slip by the system. That email in at talk at WDWS.com. 951 here at DWS. And also a text says, Zoe advocates, advocates for re-education. Um, I think she meant more just better education. Perhaps she should tweet this idea at the most perfect leader, little Donnie, and he can run with it, turning those areas where he houses improperly documented immigrants into the re-education camps run by Halliburton, Blackwater, and Sheriff Joe. Okay, uh, 9.51. I think I'm caught up. We're back with more. Uh, wait a minute. Let me get one here in before I go to the break. Sue, we'll do that and then a break. Hi, Sue. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. I know I've only got a few seconds. Um, I wanted to follow up on discussion about Mr. Emmons. Mm -hmm. um, his ad um, is combating someone who, again, who said he was a janitor. Uh, working. I know he worked at the University of Illinois. Um, just to clarify, he said that how he, he believes in hard work, so do I. Um, but people that were in his building said that he worked um, less hard than just about anybody else. Um, and the more important thing is that um, when he his ad says something about his opponent has a political clout job or something like that, um, I, I find it hard to believe he could even say that. He was um, uh, released from prison uh, because of political clout uh, with his, his wife. He was appointed to be an alderman in a city council in Urbana because the mayor wanted him there. And the other aldermen that were there in Urbana at that meeting when he was being appointed said that they really suggested that we discuss this first before he got appointed. Mayor Pressing, Laura Pressing, refused to do so. So he was appointed without being elected um, and 
you know, for him to go and say these other things, like, let's have some truth in advertising because it's really not fair what he's saying. Now, he was, when you say released from prison, you mean he was pardoned? Is that what you're talking about? Correct. Yeah. He okay. was pardoned. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And his wife was a, a you know, a politician. And sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I will not be voting for him. I think that we have much better characters that we can vote for. Okay. Thank you for your opinion, Sue. Thank you. Appreciate it. Back with more after this on Penny for Your Thoughts. All right, a couple of minutes to go here. MX Electric, they can take care of big jobs. They can take care of small jobs. They've worked on the big projects, Taco Bell on Neal, Starbucks on campus, Jimmy John's on Kirby, Subway on Philo, done remodeling as well as new construction. If you have a TV you need installed, they can help with that. This is uh, MX Electric, Nikita Holmes, and Max Painter. Max uh, is in charge, but Nikita's really in charge. 359-7293, 359-7293. They've been at this for 15 years of experience. They've seen about everything, and they say it's never that bad. When you call, remember, relax, call Max. MX Electric, he's the owner. They've, again, been at this a long time. They've seen about everything. If you think, no, this job's too uh, small, no, Max can do it. You think it's too big? Max can do that. So call 359-7293 MX Electric. Less than a minute here for John. Hey, John, good morning. Hey, good morning, Brian. I'll just try to make it quick. Now, in the 14th Amendment, now, the slave owners, if he had a, a baby by a slave, that baby would have the same entitlement and the rights, but it was turned over. But now, during the Civil War, it switched also uh, it was like brother to, against brother. If a slave owner had slaves and had a baby by the slave, that slave owner can give property in the slaves to that child that grows up. That's how a lot of uh, blacks had slaves because the master had left that to them so their neighbors wouldn't take it from them, and they had constitutional right. Mm-hmm. There's been so many facets of it, and it's been t- tossed in turn until up today so it's weird the civil war changed everything hey thank you john take care you got it in less than a minute on wdws champaign urbana it's the second hour of a penny for your thoughts with brian barnhart on news talk 1400 wdws you can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397 email talk at wdws.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And welcome back. Hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts. Lots going on here this week. We had Lauren Tate on yesterday. Justice Steigman, or excuse me, two days ago. Justice Steigman yesterday. Retiring Sheriff Dan Walsh is going to join us here in a moment. You can join us as well, 356-9397. You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357, and you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Tomorrow, the state's attorney, Julia Reitz, will join us. We'll have a line eye Friday on Friday. Next week, we'll have Election Day coverage starting at 6 o'clock Tuesday night. News Gazette Media News Team taking the air for coverage of the midterm election. We'll have the day after coverage as well, of course, with all our newscasts and in the paper and online, but also... On the radio here on this show, we'll have Jim Dye join us and also uh, Brian Gaines from over at the University of Illinois. The retiring uh, sheriff of uh, Champaign County is with us. How are you, Dan Walsh? I'm doing good. Thank good. you for inviting me, Brian. Right, retirement sounds good. 
It it does, and I'm not going to completely retire. I'm going to go back to my old law firm part-time. Uh, it's called Frederick and Hagel. My old partners were kind enough to invite me back, so I'll mm. still be doing a few things. So you remember how to do that, right? Practice law? I, I do. Uh, <laughs> I'll be, they concentrate in personal injury, workers' comp, and you know I still do workers' comp. I just do it from the employer's point of view now. And I'll do some mm-hmm. real estate, and I'm not going to do the big, broad practice I used to, but uh, they're a good firm, mm-hmm. so I'll yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, so is that in Urbana? Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, okay. I, literally, I moved a block and a half down Main Street, and I'm going to move another block and a half back <laughs> to the west to, to Frederick and Hagel. Yeah. When were you first elected? Sure. Uh, 2002. I took office in December. Who did you succeed? Uh, Dave Madigan. That's right. Dave yeah. Madigan. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had done some legal work for the sheriff, and at one point he said that he wasn't interested in running, and uh, I decided I wanted to. And uh, I, I really want to thank the citizens for the support over the, the last uh, four elections. It's, it's a fun job. Uh, I, I also want to thank the employees that, that work for me now and the ones that even came before me because they mm-hmm. set the tone for the sheriff's office. I truly believe that almost everybody who works for the sheriff's office almost every day goes out and says, what can I do to help the citizens? Uh, you know, when we hire deputies and stuff, I've never had one say, I want this job because I like the hours. I've never said, I like it because I get to work in all extremes of weather. But they almost all say, I want this job because I want to serve the community. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, the, the whole idea of service in the first place. Exactly. Serve the community. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, I know uh, there's a lot of ground to cover. and You've had some big cases. We'll get into some of those, uh, some of the recent ones. Um, just talk about the, the job itself. How has it changed in the 16 years that you've been the sheriff it it has become much much more complicated let's let's take the jail for example uh over the years unfortunately we have more people with mental health issues we have more people with severe addiction issues whether it be to alcohol and or drugs uh all that affects their 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 physical health uh you know it's almost the exception when we get a healthy person in jail they almost always have some medical and or mental health issues uh, the correctional staff has become very adept at dealing with them. I, I maybe have told you this. Uh, I, I think I told Michael Kaiser once. Uh, I checked the emails at night, and one time I got an email, and the correctional officers are using medical terms that they understood, but I didn't. I had to call in jail and said, dumb this down for me. What, what does this inmate have? Mm. So that's gotten more complicated. Uh, obviously, the street has gotten more dangerous. Uh, you know, when I was a real working cop with Urbana a million years ago, I could do a traffic stop. Well, first off, I, I never really worried about being shot or being hurt. But nowadays, it's a very real concern with all the gun violence. And, you know, Brian, I could do a traffic stop with a verbal warning and take me two minutes. Can't do that anymore. The state requires that we do paper on every single stop. Uh, body cameras are a great idea. They help us prove cases, but they create a tremendous amount of work for the deputies. Because now, even if I give you a warning, it takes me five minutes to write it up. I have to go tag that, or if I write a real ticket, maybe it takes me 10 minutes, but I have to tag that, categorize it, so now what used to take 10 minutes, let's say, by the time deputy is all that he or she has to do, it's going to take them probably about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so that's what a law enforcement person is doing when they're sitting behind in your vehicle and you're stopped. They're doing a lot of paperwork? Or they are, well, but they try to do the ticket right away so mm-hmm. that you can be on your way. But it's mm-hmm. after after you've left, they come back into our office and, and have to do all these things. And obviously, on a serious case, you know, they're writing reports. You may see them parked somewhere typing diligently away while they're writing reports. And again, they have to mess with the body, the body camera and tag it so that we can properly retrieve it, give it to the state's attorney, give it to the defense attorney. 
We're with the retiring Sheriff Dan Walsh. After all these years, uh, first elected to sheriff in 2002, so I'm adding up that 16 years as the sheriff. Also, you said did law enforcement in Urbana. How long did you do that? I was with Urbana for about eight years. Uh, went Worked nights, went to law school during the day, and, and then, then I joined the firm mm-hmm. after about eight years with Urbana. One of the things you mentioned was the street being dangerous, and obviously we had two shootings in Champaign yesterday, unfortunately. Um, we've had different gang-related violence. Not all of it necessarily gang-related, but some of it obviously is. Um, as you s- sit in your seat and observe all this, wh- what goes through your mind? What do you make of all of this? Um, it, it, it is just bizarre that these young people uh, have little value uh, of their own lives or anybody else's life. Uh, some of these things, our intelligence tells us, that literally, well, you tried to date my girlfriend, so therefore I have to shoot you. It's, it's, to me, I, I cannot understand it. Uh, I would hope that parents, aunts, uncles, older brothers, older sisters would try to intervene with these young people and get them to realize there, there is a good life you can have. Uh, stop shooting at each other. Mm-hmm. And I know that you work, uh, there's a lot of intergovernmental working with the county and the Chief Cobb and the Urbana Chief and everything else, right? I mean, on, on a big issue like this. Certainly. Uh, the, the big, I'll call them the big chiefs, Rantoul, Champaign, Urbana, and U of I, we meet on a regular basis uh, we have units assigned to the gun task force. We have deputies in it, just like Champaign-Urbana and U of I. We, we all cooperate on this because, okay, yesterday the shootings were in Champaign. Tonight they could be in Dobbins, part of, part of my jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously the sheriff is responsible for the cities too, so we're going to help any way we can. Uh, we do have a great li- relationship. I sometimes hear of sheriffs and chiefs that don't get along, uh, but, but we're kind of like a family. Uh, you know, we may have an argument today, like like a family would, but tomorrow it's all over with, and we're back working together. We're with retiring Sheriff Dan Walsh at ten twenty. Let's go to the phone to Stan. Hi, Stan. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I have a comment and then a, uh, a question about guns. Uh, yesterday, I called in when uh, Judge Steigman was on, and we had a little discussion, and uh, I think we we uh, disagreed rather severely on what I was saying. But moments after I got off the phone with the judge, I saw a bald eagle on the ground eating a uh, dead animal. You don't see very many bald eagles around this area. I mean, I haven't. So I thought that was a sign from someplace that uh, I was on the right side of the issue. My comment is this. Uh, The... John Shimkus's opponent, Gaither, or Gather, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, has proposed that uh, the owner of a gun be held responsible when that gun is used in a crime, whether he committed the crime or not, in some fashion be held responsible. I own guns. I don't want to uh, have to give up my guns, and I'm not going to, uh, but... Uh, what do you think about that? Can we pass? Do you think we could pass a law that would uh, allow a a man who owns guns to be held responsible for his son stealing that gun and going and killing people? Do you All think right. that would be fair? Thank you, Stan. I, uh, I I don't think it would be fair. Now, obviously, if you have uh, underage children in your house, you want to keep the guns locked up anyway, just for safety reasons. It's it's the law. Um, 
but unless you have some reason to believe that your son or whoever's in your house, uh, you know, is acting strange or might pose a danger to himself or others, I, I do not think that would be fair. Uh, likewise, you know, a lot of the guns on the street are taken in burglaries, whether it be a burglary of somebody's home or, or burglary of gun shops or burglary of freight car trains loaded with guns. That's happened. Uh, so all those are floating around, and I certainly don't think it would be fair to, to hold a homeowner responsible if he's the victim of a burglary. Retiring Sheriff Dan Walsh is with us. He's been on the job as Champaign County Sheriff for the last 16 years, retiring at the end of next month. He's with us here this full hour. Uh, is that a, maybe something that's changed uh, in the 16 years of the years you've been in law enforcement? The amount of guns available or who has them, has that changed over time? Um, it's certainly it's certainly more publicized nowadays. You know, we've, we've got all these different news medias and 24-hour cycle of news. Uh, shootings that used to happen uh, never made the press like it does now. I, I suspect there is an uptick in shootings. Uh, I, I hate to use the word copycat, but, you know, if you see somebody else do it and you think that's, that's cool or that's what should be done, I think it emboldens some people. Um, so I, I don't have a good answer for that, uh, obviously. Uh, mental health plays a role in some of these mass shootings with, with, without a doubt. And, and as I said, in the jail, we're seeing more and more mental health problems, especially in the state of Illinois. All right, back to the phones for Sheriff Dan Walsh. Hi, Steve. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, uh, I would just like to ask uh, the sheriff, uh, you know, I've noticed how we've definitely turned the heat up on uh, the criminal element here in town. When they put the pictures in the paper, I thought, why don't they do that more often? And, uh, you know, I mean, like, uh, maybe they did years ago. And, and <clears throat> But I just think if people's faces are exposed, it's going to be harder for them to play. If nothing else, they're going to leave town, which I don't want to send our problems elsewhere. But, but you know, if, 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 they're, if everybody in town knows what they look like, they're not going to be able to play near as hard as they want. And then the other thing is, and I'll hang up, what percentage of the criminal element in this town is local talent, for lack of a better word. And what, how much of it is coming to us for whatever reason? And I'll hang up and listen. All right, okay. all right thank you, Steve. Uh, let, me, let me address the last part first. Uh, almost all of the gun violence that we're seeing are, are local kids. Uh, some of them grew up together. They went to uh, grade school and high school together, and now they're literally shooting at each other. Uh, Putting the pictures in the paper, I, I think that does put pressure on them. That, that, that in theory, helps us. Uh, believe it or not, though, the three that we caught of the six that got published, it's all been, uh, it, it has not been citizen tips. It's been uh, worked by police officers locally or deputy sheriffs or the U.S. Marshal Service. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do agree that by, by showing their picture, it's going to put heat on them. I don't want to send our problems elsewhere, but it sure be nice if uh, if they did leave and stop shooting at each other around here. Yeah, I know that uh, there was talk. I guess there was some hesitation initially. You don't want to tip the people off that you're looking for them, but I guess the frustration level had gotten high enough, right? That yes, the, the the frustration has gotten high enough. We're hoping for citizen involvement and help. And, but you're right, Brian. Sometimes we deliberately. Uh, intentionally do not do that because we don't want uh, you know criminal Dan to know that we have an active large warrant for him because it makes it that much harder to find him yeah wow that's uh there's got to be a solution to this somewhere but we're trying to find it I mean that's uh, I know there's a lot of different organizations in town that are working uh, the Champaign Community Coalition and lots of different groups trying to work on this there are uh, there was a meeting this past this past weekend or the weekend before the ministerial alliance the churches are trying to get together 
uh, to work with families and hopefully hopefully with all this pressure people will put down the guns and, and, and just stop shooting at each other. And uh, you mentioned from around here, uh, I know we had the shooting at the Champaign Central High School basketball game I think last year. Champaign, Danville, Urbana, Rantoul, is that yeah, some primarily? of the, yeah, there there are there are some rival groups between Danville and here, uh, where there have been some shootings, uh, but but again, a large part of what we're seeing is just at, the kids grew up here. They're they're not even from Danville, but some are. Hmm. All right, we'll take a break. Ten twenty six. Back with Sheriff Dan Walsh after this. Some more Halloween music there. Michael Jackson. 10.30 here at the bottom of the hour. Our guest today, of course, is the retiring sheriff of Champaign County. If you have any well wishes for him or anything you want to pass along to him before he leaves office here in the next month, you can certainly do that. Uh, With the holidays not far behind, it's easy to forego financial plans, but now is the time to organize and plan for the coming year and some of the issues the folks at Busey Wealth Management want you to think about is tax planning, maximize tax deductions across the board, plan your tax strategy for this year and next. If you're self-employed, there are a number of legitimate business expenses can be deducted. Of course, check on your charitable contributions, college planning. You have a range of opportunities to save for your children and grandchildren. Uh, 529 plans are in there. Retirement planning, evaluate when you'll be able to retire, speaking of that. I think Dan's already working on that. Uh, wealth transfer, effective estate planning can help preserve your assets, reduce taxes paid by your heirs, and unlike opportunities for future generations. So start your year-end planning today with the experienced professionals at Busey Wealth Management to, to get and stay financially fit throughout the rest of this year and beyond. Call 1-800-67-BUSEY or visit Busey.com. And uh, Dan Walsh is with us here this entire hour, Three five six nine three nine seven is how... You can join us. Speaking of retirement, what are you? Uh, what are you going to do with your free time? Are you? Uh, are you have any free time? Well, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of free time because I'm only going to practice on a very <laughs> part time basis. Uh, Christy, my wife, and I are looking forward to doing a lot of travel. Uh, we want to see the national parks. I want to see the Smokies. She's been there, but I, I never have. And hmm. you know, I've got kids and we've got grandkids, so we'll spend some more time with them. But I, it'll be really weird to not have to look at a calendar to say, well, I can only be gone five days because I have to do X, and so we're, we are both kind of looking forward to you know taking some extended vacations and, and seeing our country and some other places. Well, there have been some uh, pretty big, uh, high-profile cases. Uh, any bigger than the Holly Cassano that, case that you were involved with? That's certainly the one that stands out. I mean, that got to everybody in the community, including uh, my deputies. Uh, the investigators did a fantastic job. I, I think I've, I've told the public this. Literally, once we had the lead from Parabon, the the deputies, the investigators, on their own time, started working the case over the weekend. Uh, started following our suspect, uh, and you know, I just I just can't thank them enough. And obviously, Parabon and and CC with Parabon does a fantastic investigative job. Yeah, tell us what Parabon was, because that was new new stuff, right? It is new stuff, uh, but they're cracking more and more cases. They they do advanced DNA studies. But they also do gene- genealogical work, easy for you to say, <laughs> um, where, where literally CC got some, some partial DNA matches back from the late 1800s and was able to work 
towards today using birth and death records, marriage records, uh, things in the newspaper, social media. She just did a fantastic job. Hmm. Well, and you, when you think back to the OJ trial, when DNA was just, they were just getting started with that. that and that was only 20-some years ago. Uh, that is true. I, I'm afraid, I mean, DNA is a great thing, but, but anymore I'm afraid a jury's not going to convict unless you have DNA and then closed-circuit TV of, of the crime itself yeah. being committed. The, the juries don't want to convict because they see all this stuff on TV. And where are we on the process of the whole, the man who was arrested for the, in that case, where are we in the um, trial phase of that? It, it's in the pretrial stuff where I'm sure uh, Julia Reitz is exchanging discovery information with the defense attorneys. Um, I don't have any inside knowledge of this, but my guess is it's not going to go to trial for a couple months. That would be pretty typical of a serious case like this mm -hmm. so that both sides can get ready for it. Yeah, and in this case, I know Jim Dye wrote about it uh, when all of it came out a couple months ago. Uh, the suspect was just living day to day, right, um, among us, basically, right? Yes. Uh, the um, at, at the time of the occurrence, uh, he lived in the same, uh, the same trailer park as where our victim did, and then uh, I, don't, I couldn't tell you when he moved, but he literally was living just, just north of Candlewood, the trailer park, uh, at the time mm. of the arrest. Yeah. Any other really big cases that compare to that one? Not, not compared to that one. That's yeah. the one that, that jumps out the most. Um, but the guys always surprise me. They just do a phenomenal job. You know, on a, on a routine burglary, the deputies will take fingerprints, and we may not get anything back for months, but, but we've solved cases because they've taken that extra step, and all of a sudden we get something from the lab saying, hey, here's your match, and those are very mm. rewarding cases. All right, back to the phones here for Colleen. Hi, Colleen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Hi, Go Sheriff. Hi. How are you? Good. All of us ladies at the front office just wanted to say we're going to miss you. Well, that's very nice of you, Colleen. I'm, as I've said before, I'm going to miss all you guys, but uh, I'll come down and harass you, and you can always come down the street and harass me. Sounds good. And we want to know if we can have a snow day before you leave. <laughs> I hope the weather doesn't get that bad. Okay. <laughs> Boy, talk about putting your boss on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> any, uh, any favorite memories of Dan? Oh, he let us have dog days occasionally on Fridays, and we love that here. We can we've got to bring our pets in, mm -hmm. and that was very sweet of him. Yeah, and and he was a good boss. Oh, oh yeah, that too. Well, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many people work at the sheriff's office? How many employees do you there, have? There's here? about 150 full time and about a dozen part time. Mm -hmm. Well, how long you been there, Colleen? I've been here about three years. Okay. So you're a newbie, fairly. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're all pretty new up yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. We we had a big turnover in the clerical staff. All, all of them seem to retire about the same time, and we've got a great group of people in there now. They're very dedicated and hardworking, and I love everything about them, except when they give me trouble about a snow day. Or, <laughs> believe it or not, they sometimes come to me and say, it's too sunny out. We need the day off. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, Colleen, thank you. You're welcome. Have a All good right. day. Got a text in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. says, please congratulate my favorite sheriff on his retirement. He's done a great job for the county. So that's on the uh, text line, 351-5357. I was looking at an article from, I think, 2011. Uh, it said, closing urge for the county's downtown jail. That was seven years ago. I know at the time the county board was looking pretty closely at trying to do something with your jail, and here we are. We don't have a new one, I don't think, unless I missed something. Uh, right? No, no, we don't. We still have the downtown, um, and, and we still need the downtown. Um, one, one short story about downtown, we constantly have roof leaks, 
Uh, it's gotten so bad the roofing company said we may not send our people over there because it's too soft up on your roof. We're afraid they'll fall in. And we finally figured out why that is. That When that roof was installed, it was a 15-year flat roof, and we're now going on about 36 years. So we've gotten we've gotten our lifetime out of that roof. Wow. And that was built in 1980? Yes, early 80s. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I started, we had about 300 prisoners, which is about our capacity. In fact, I was talking about having to board out just because of the quantity of prisoners. Uh, now that Judge Defanis and Julia Reitz and I came into office, we all agreed that, you know, there's a lot of people we can get out of jail on minor crimes. They don't need to sit there and wait. So we're down, like this morning, uh, for what it's worth, we had 158 booked-in people in the jail. We had 42 on electronic home detention, and we had 20 new arrests that were sitting in the book-in area. So we're not full, but we may be at capacity, and you're going to wonder, why did I say that? That's half our numbers. Because of the mix, you know, you can't put men and women together. Uh, nowadays, we have some people going through sex changes or that maybe perhaps don't identify with the sex they were born, even without any medical mm. procedures, so they have to be separated. Uh, we're getting more and more people that cannot be around others. They're, they're just either too dangerous or uh, they have mental health issues. Uh, we literally have had inmates who fling fecal material, believe it or not, I think twice in my 16 years we've had inmates who eat fecal material. We mm. need separation issues. You know, if, if you're part of one of our two primary gangs, I can't put you together. Uh, if my brother did a drug ripoff on your sister three weeks ago, well, obviously we can't be together. We, we literally have a lieutenant, Lieutenant Good. She spends almost her whole day, like, moving around chess pieces trying to keep people separate that need to be separate. So... We do need the small space that downtown gives us. The satellite, if you've ever seen it, Brian, it's, it's mm -hmm. huge areas where one officer can watch a lot of prisoners, but that requires the prisoners to be able to get along and be together. We use the downtown for those that can't. So I would hope at some point in the very near future the county board is going to take this serious uh, add-on beds. We don't need bed for bed. We, need, you know, we don't replace every bed, but we, we could probably use about 60 and, mm -hmm. and small, safe spaces. Mm -hmm. All right, back to the phones here for Sheriff Dan Walsh, 1039. Hi, Bob. Good morning. Good morning. I have, my question is, uh, I don't know how much the Sheriff's Department has to do with, but I do know they work with the city and, and the state when it's needed. They all work, they all work together, and I understand this. My question is, the uh, reason I'm bringing this up, I was talking to a young man that has mother at the cardiac rehab, and I asked him, I says, is there law enforcement in Central High School? And he said, yes, there is. I said, have you seen a difference? He said, yes. He said, there's quite a bit of difference. And my question is, do you have to know why, or what the, the fight's going on between the middle school and the high school in Urbana, why don't they have law enforcement? I just wonder if he knew the answer. Okay. Thank you, Bob. We'll let him answer that, okay? Thank you. I do not know the answer to that. That would be a question to pose to uh, Chief Serafin or, or the school district. Uh, my understanding is they do have a school resource officer. It goes in between the two buildings, I think, is yeah, what. Yeah, I don't know the exact schedule yeah. or how often he or she is there. We, we do have two school resource deputies that are at St. Joe and at Unity, and, and they do bounce between the different buildings in the, in the two different school districts. Hmm. 
So it's the same person there the whole time, or do they rotate that? No, we've, um, uh, it's consistent. It takes a special kind of deputy to be a school resource officer because you're dealing with normally different problems than what we deal with on the road. So mm-hmm. we've had um, Deputy Maxie and Deputy Franzen uh, for years have been in St. Joe and Unity, respectively. Yeah. Back to the uh, jail for a moment. If you were to get a new jail, would it be in the same where the downtown was now, or do you even... Is that way ahead of where we would the process? I mean, well, that'll be a decision for the board. But actually, I think we we would need to keep the downtown functioning during any building. So to me, it would make sense that we add on to the satellite jail, also move our offices out there, so that you know we're not carting food back and forth, inmates back and forth, uh, that everything's in one spot. That would add some efficiency of operation. Yeah, there was a lot of fervor, as I said, six seven years ago. Is it? still there or is it we just haven't heard much about it here in the last few years um it's it's there on my part it's there on uh, my chief deputy alan jones and also on our jail superintendent carrie vogus uh but the board needs to get on board with it uh perhaps with the nursing home being sold that'll free up some money so the board can take a serious look at funding this yeah all right we'll take a break we're here with retiring sheriff dan walsh of champaign county Got some more uh, questions for him on the text line, and also we'll take yours on the phone back after this. Appropriate Halloween music here on this Halloween day. Visiting with retiring sheriff of Champaign County, Dan Walsh. You've heard us talking about Woods Basement Systems. It can be spooky down there if you're not uh, able to get those leaks fixed. And they, uh, of course, have won several awards for the work they've done. All started back in 1986 by Rick and Anna Lee Woods. They've won numerous awards, but awards only begin to tell the story. They lead the industry in innovation and expertise. In fact, all of the Woods Basement System inspectors and installation technicians have been trained and certified through the foundation support works and basement systems. So for all things basement as they say, I don't know if that's a word, but they made it a word. Uh, no matter what your concern is, uh, they can uh, help get you fixed up and ready to go and move on from this problem because they do not go away, especially here as we get ready for winter. Don't stick your head in the sand and hold on till next spring. If it's an urgent matter, get it, to, get it estimated for free. Give them a call, 888-935-4333. Or go to woodsbasementsystems.com, one of our sponsors here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Uh, got a um, text here. It says, are there a lot of gang members moving into central Illinois from Chicago? That's from Tom. And the, the answer to that is, as best we in law enforcement understand it, no. There are obviously always a few. Uh, sometimes I have relatives here, whatever. But, but again, most of our gang issue is uh, homegrown or some from Danville. 1048 here with Sheriff Dan uh, Walsh. Also, uh, email, talk at WDWS.com, says, why can't we let inmates out to clean roads, parks, etc.? I see them out when I travel to other places along the highways. Our community would look nicer. It's free labor. Inmates might even act better if they know they can get out for a while. Incentive to be good while locked up. We, we do use them around the courthouse and around the sheriff's buildings. We do not put them on the, the, the work gangs or chain gangs. Uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, I don't have the staff to monitor that. And number two, when they're out there, there's uh, always a risk of escape. But beyond that, there's always a risk of them getting hurt, uh, whether it be through using tools or getting hit by a car or my officers. But anyway, if they get hurt working for us, you can guess who's going to be paying the medical bills and taking care of them. 
Retiring Champaign County Sheriff Dan Walsh with us a few more minutes. We're at 1049 here on DWS. Penny, for your thoughts. Uh, let's talk about the what the sheriff's office does, the jurisdiction you have. Okay. Because uh, you've got this, the, the Twin Cities, which is unique in itself to a lot of communities, and then the university in the middle of all that, and then the county sheriff. Okay. Uh well, in terms of law enforcement authority, the sheriff has jurisdiction throughout the county. So my deputies act as law enforcement officers in, in the middle of downtown Champaign or in the middle of a cornfield near Broadlands. We have jurisdiction everywhere, and we have a duty to enforce the law and protect the citizens. So in that regard, we are much like a, a large geographical police department. As we talked about, we always help the cities, and, and they help us. I don't mean to misstate that uh, Chief Connolly used to say we could uh, make Velcro our patches on because we're helping each other so often. Uh, but beyond that, road deputies, uh, we are also the enforcement unit of the courts. So we do evictions, foreclosures, enforce court orders. We serve civil process. Uh, we have this electronic home detention. So the deputies on the road literally will make surprise visits to make sure these people are where they are supposed to be, make sure there's no drugs, alcohol, or guns. Uh, and every so often, even though we give them this opportunity, they will the the individual will violate it and then they get back housed in jail uh... that's the road deputy's job uh... beyond that then of course by statute the sheriff runs the jail uh... we have the correctional officers in our case we are unfortunately blessed with two different jails so we have to staff both of them and get stuff back and forth between them and then lastly under statute the sheriff is the keeper of the courthouse uh, as judge defana sometimes says uh, he's the tenant i'm the landlord um, so we have to make sure that is a safe and secure place uh, for the people that work there, for the judiciary, for all of the citizens that come in, and, and also for the defendants themselves. We want to be sure they don't get hurt. Yeah. Uh, frankly, I th before I took office, I thought I knew the job because, uh, you know, I've been a cop, I've been a criminal defense lawyer, uh, and I had represented the sheriff's office uh, for several years, but it is truly much more complicated than I thought. It's got an $11-plus million dollar budget. Uh, you know, I'm still learning things. So if someone is uh, speeding on I-74, can a county sheriff stop them for a speeding? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. we, can, we can stop them anywhere in the county on any road, whether it's a state route or, or not. As a practical matter, we don't normally patrol the interstates because the state, the state police, police are primary. But, but quite frankly, there's so few state police, a lot of times we will have to respond to the accidents because there's, there's no state trooper available. So you can pretty much, because uh, you always wonder, you see a sheriff's vehicle, and I'm thinking, well, if I'm, and I don't try not to speed, but if I am, I'm thinking, well, I don't know if they, who has that jurisdiction, but they do. Yeah, yeah. We, we do. You can make do that. And uh, Champaign-Urbana is what the law calls a police district, so a Champaign officer has absolute full jurisdiction in the east side of the city of Urbana. Hmm. Okay. It's good to know. Uh, let's go to Rex. Good morning, Rex. Fellas, how are you? Dan, I'm sorry to see you leaving. Well, thank you, Rex. How you been? I'm doing well. Thanks a lot. I'm uh, good, better, and best, like an old Sears catalog. <laughs> uh, I've got a uh, question about uh, when you enter office and all your your officers enter office, you say that you swear to uphold the Constitution of the State of Illinois and the Constitution of the United States of America, correct? Correct. How sanctuary cities work. I don't remember an exception to that oath. Well, I, I can't, cannot speak for other people. Uh, we do our best to follow what, what I perceive the law to be. The law in the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals is that we cannot honor 
detainer requests. Those are simply requests, so we do not honor those because it would be illegal. Uh, we do, of course, honor all court orders, uh, whether it be state or federal. Uh, we honor all arrest warrants issued by judges, again, whether they be state or federal. And uh, some, people don't, some people don't like it, but, uh, you know, if we have a sentenced prisoner, uh, we publish the outdates so that their friends and family know that, too, and, and anybody can look at that. Okay, so you're saying the retainer orders are what you can't enforce, but any other federal, federal law you can enforce, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. All right, Rex. What's the solution? Oh, the solution is sanctuary cities? Uh, I don't know that this retiring sheriff, Rex, has got a good solution for that one. That's, that's a, to some extent, a political decision, and I'm lucky I don't have to make it. I just follow the law. <laughs> All right. Man, thank you very much, and I appreciate everything you've done over the years. Thanks, Rex. Thank you, Rex. Back with more with the sheriff. A couple of final comments after this. All right, final minute or so here with Sheriff Dan Walsh. A uh, quick question. Why do candidates, this, first of all, thank you for your years of service. Why do candidates for sheriff run as a member of a polit- particular political party? That's kind of the way it is, right? That, that is. That's the way our system's set up. But the, the, it's, a good, it's a good thing you're asking because, you know, once you take office, it's kind of like a state's attorney, Democrat, Republican, independent. It really doesn't matter. You, in our case, we just enforce the law. Right. All right, less than a minute. Jim, if you can be quick, go ahead. I will make it quick. Uh, from what I under- thank you for your service. Also, uh, from what I understand, basically national statistics show that most of what we call gun violence and uh, stuff perpetrated, uh, robberies, etc., are done by people that have guns unlawfully and or they're stolen. I think it's like ninety-seven, ninety-eight percent. Is that a correct statistic? All right. Thank you, Jim. Uh, I, I don't know if the statistic is correct. However, I would say that, yes, that most of the crimes are, are with uh, people that shouldn't have guns in the first place, many of them uh, convicted felons. Dan, great to see you. Congratulations well, on a great career. and Thank you, Brian, for having me, citizens, and everybody, thank you. And to my clerical staff, I will seriously consider a snow day if we get some snow between now and uh, the end of November. All right, thank you. Dan Walsh, back tomorrow, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.